Welcome to the Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. And now here's your host, Don Smith. Hey, thank you, Brad Smith, for that great introduction. And thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today for another Don Smith Show, where it's always okay to be a conservative. Well, we've got a great lineup of the program here today. We have Sheriff Joe Arpaio, amazing guy. And uh, just when I think of political correctness, I think of him being the the vaccine for it, if you will. So great to have him on the program. We'll have him live uh, come up here in about an hour. Also, my good friend, he is the editor of peoplespunditdaily.com. Pollster Richard Barris joins me with all the latest. What's going on? Where do we stand with this uh, whole election process, debacle, whatever you want to call it? Uh, things getting getting interesting. The clock is running. Uh, basically, it's this week we need to find out what do we have, what is the evidence. Um, I know I'm hoping they've got something. Please have something, and I know you are as well. So we'll find out what the latest information is, what we're doing. We've obviously had a Georgia recount, uh, recounted by the same people. So yeah, expecting different results, kind of the definition of insanity with that one. But what else are you going to do? So a lot of stuff to cover here. We've got two great interviews. It's a 90-minute show here today. So that's how much time we've got, folks. You know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So as we all wait patiently, <laughs> we're looking for for some evidence here. We've seen the uh, uh, Trump campaign legal team came out here this week, Rudy Giuliani and others, and uh, giving us hope, telling us that there, there is a path to this. And um, But each day that goes by, uh, again, that clock is ticking, and there is actually in the Constitution a time frame around all this. So how is this going to play out? I don't know. Um, not to be Debbie Downer, but right now I haven't seen anything that's going to overturn uh, this election. And it, it, let's face it, these guys are masters at cheating. It's what they do with it. everything that they do uh, is about cheating, cheating and lying. And um, if, if you thought that the possibility that Joe Biden was the next president, that he won the election, if you thought that was going to quell their anger, if you thought that was going to make them not be so angry and vile and all these things that we've come to love and know about the Democrat Party uh, obviously, that's not the case. In fact, here's the bottom line. Angry people are angry. It, it, it's not even about the circumstances. It's just about being angry. They're miserable. Uh, they want you to be miserable as well. And that's why the last four years were really tough for them, uh, because we weren't. So this is really, it is what it is, and nothing about this surprises me. Um, the scary part of it, I think, for all of us, is we've been going through this pandemic thing. Um, President Trump, I mean, just think how different it would have been had there been anybody else, even somebody like a Mitt Romney or, um, I mean, even many of the other Republicans. We would have had more of a lockdown. We would have more restrictions. We would have, the economy would be in even worse condition than it is today. Uh, so that's one thing we can be very thankful of for President Trump is that we didn't have to go through that. But here's the bad part. 
if we if there isn't something that comes up, if there isn't a way to overturn this, if Joe Biden does become the president, this is emboldened all these people. Listen to these governors. Look at the restrictions they're putting in. They're telling you who you can have over at your house for Thanksgiving. Think about that for a minute. What are you allowed? What are you allowed to do? Who can you talk to? Even the even the types of people that you can have in your home. We read the. Uh, the stuff from uh, Gavin Newsom here a couple of weeks ago on the program, the restrictions that he's put on place. I mean, e- even the volume of of your voice, how loud you can be, whether you can have musicians at your house and, and how they should conduct themselves. And of course, everything must be outside. And these people will be completely 100% as if they're not already, they will become even more bold and to, to lock you down, to control your lives, because that's what this is all about. This is all about control. Look at the mask issue. You don't need to look any further than that. Now, these are the people. We've talked about this in many other contexts, whether it's climate change or whatever it may be. These people, it's about science, right? So you're a science denier if you don't believe this. You're a science denier if you don't believe this scientific study. Here's a study that came out here. Now, this is the most comprehensive to date uh, study in, from the Danish scientific community. This was, this was peer-reviewed. One of the things they always hit you with when it comes to especially climate change, right, is, is well, that's not a peer-reviewed study. So any information you provide to them, it can only be from this small select group of information. So this little stack here is the only thing you're allowed to talk about. So everything's about whether, well, this isn't peer-reviewed, this isn't Look at them now. Look at them now because of this Danish mask study that came out, right, which says, you know, really. Uh, now, I remember hearing about this back when they were first conducting this, um, or actually about the time they first came out with the results. Think about this. This study ended in June, June of this year. We are just now hearing about it, just now. So it, this, this information has been suppressed by who? By the scientific community. That's, that's the outrageous thing here is it's the scientists themselves, it, with help from the media, who have suppressed this study. Now, the, the guy who uh, conducted this study, so I remember, I remember hearing something about this a long time ago, but they didn't again until just now, just this week, did they actually provide us with the actual information, the data that they collected, because that's all science is. See, science is not supposed to be what their opinion is. Science is not supposed to be who they vote for or what their ideology is. It's supposed to be about data. These people have been wrong about everything. The very first scientific data that came out was the World Health Organization, uh, backed up by the CDC, the Fauci, all these people. The first piece of information, the first declaration that they made was that this virus was not transmittable through the air. It was not an airborne virus. Remember this? Therefore, what, what also went along with that, because it was not an airborne thing, it was, it was about touching surfaces, remember? That's why it was so important to wash your hands, because it lives on cardboard for blah, blah, blah. It lives on glass for blah, 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 and plastic and blah, blah, blah. Every single kind of surface would, they gave you, they actually gave you data, that said, this is how long it lives on these services. So you think, you're hearing this from scientists, you think, well, this must be scientific. No, 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 it was somebody's arbitrary number. They threw a number down because now we know that none of that is true either. So anyway, because it wasn't airborne, masks weren't necessary. Remember this, Dr. Fauci, even they'll do more harm, they'll do good and da, 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 da. 
So with all the debate, then, of course, he switched, and then uh, the WHO had to come out and say, oh, this isn't really, it really is airborne. And But think about that. Just think about that one point, because it was the very first scientific point that they made was that it's not airborne. They could not have been more wrong. This is 100%. How, how does the scientific community get it more wrong? But yet you're still supposed to stay with them because what they tell you is, well, that's because any idiot knows that science evolves. Okay, then you let me know when it's done evolving and then give me the data. Because if, that, if that's true, which it is, science does evolve. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Has it evolved now? Is it going to evolve even more? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. So why do we take scientific data, just because it says it's scientific, why do we take that at face value? Why do we say that's absolutely the answer? It's got to be the answer. This is the answer because it's science. Okay, science in that case was 100% wrong. So here's the study. This guy puts together this study the most uh, controlled study, from what I understand, that, that has been done on the actual effectiveness of masks. His purpose for doing this was not just because he's a curious scientist and, well, I just wanted to know and we just wanted to provide data. And The reason he did it was because there is this debate over – this is going to be the real war, people, going forward. Joe Biden wins this thing. This is going to be the war. You're going to have families ripped apart over masks. Right? You're going to have families that are going to be ripped apart next week over who has Thanksgiving gatherings. Oh, my aunt is putting, oh, my God, it's a super spreader event. Oh, my God, this is terrible. People are going to tear each other apart over whether you wear a mask because you're, you're an anti-masker. Pro-death is the, is the new one I'm hearing. You've got to love that. <laughs> this is coming from the left. These are the people who are pro-abortion. Uh, <laughs> we're pro-death anyway. So this is going to rip people apart. So this guy puts together this study, not because, again, not because he – now, scientists should have been doing this anyway, right? Scientists should have said, okay, let's put together a study, uh, maybe find out what the most effective mask is. If you really believe this, that the masks are the be-all and the end-all, let's, let's do a study just so we can actually provide real data instead of pulling it from, well, wherever they're pulling it from. So here he does this study to shut down the debate over whether you should wear a mask or not, right? Because if you don't wear a mask, you don't care about people, you hate people. I've always contended this, and I'm not a scientist. A mask either works or it doesn't. There's no such thing as a one-way mask. The argument you always get back is, well, then why, have, why do doctors wear them in the operating room? Okay, let's take that premise. If the masks are so effective, but they don't protect the wearer, Right? They don't protect the person wearing the mask. This is the control aspect of it. Because if a mask works and it's effective, then if you believe masks are good, you can wear a mask and you're safe. You can go out and you can be with other people and you can be safe. Right? But no, that's not what they made it about. They made it about the other person. So if that's true, so a doctor goes in, performs an operation, and yes, they typically wear a surgical mask. That's what they call them, surgical masks. But if it's true that the mask wearer isn't protected by the mask and it, you want, the other person must have a mask to protect you, then why don't they put a mask on the patient, right? Or wouldn't all the doctors get whatever diseases they get, whatever they're trying to protect from by wearing these surgical masks? 
A mask either works or it does not work. But back to my point. So this study is put together not to provide scientific data. That wasn't the purpose of it. The purpose of it, purpose of it was to tell you to shut up and to slap a piece of paper down on the table saying, see, look what we found out. Now, they didn't actually, it didn't actually work out for them, right? So this study actually showed that it really didn't seem to make a difference whether the person had a mask on or the person did not have a mask on. There was no discernible difference, therefore proving that the mask really is not that effective. So now they're still going back to the, well, uh, uh, what it proves is that you wearing a mask doesn't protect, you know, if I have a mask on, it doesn't protect me. So you have to wear a mask. So the answer is still that you have to wear a mask, but the scientific data didn't support that. So this guy who put the study together says, look, so it didn't tell me what I thought it was going to tell me, but you should still wear a mask. Even though they just conducted a scientific study, the most comprehensive to date, on mask effectiveness that proved that they're not. So you got to look at the purpose, though, because that's not science. He was do- conducting a study to prove a political point, not a scientific point, because the science flies in the face of his political point. So you should still wear a mask. Th- this is insanity. But never forget These are the people on the left who constantly accuse you of not believing in science, right? That's all. That's their big thing. We believe in science. We, they don't believe this. (laughs) Look at how quickly they dismiss this within a couple hours. There was about six hours after this study was, was put out there And, and, and also look at the way it was put out there. So it was put out there by the New York times and, This scientific study that proved masks really aren't effective. Let me read that one more time. A new study questions whether masks protect wearers. You need to wear them anyway. That's the New York Times. That is the media telling you how to conduct yourself, what you should, what you should do, how you should live your life. See, I don't think, or at least I remember a time when it wasn't, the media's job to tell you how to live your life. I think they should have like just reported that, hey, wow, shocking development, shocking study results. Something like that probably would have been actual journalism instead of you need to wear them anyway. Thanks, New York Times. Yeah, I, I really don't care. What, if the New York Times tells me to do something, I mean, it's gotten to this point with the media. If the New York Times tells me to do something or MSNBC or CNN, I'm absolutely not going to do it, right? Because it's them. Because there is so much distrust with the media today, and that's the one thing, one of the great things about President Trump is he took on the media. It's the first time it's been done. Um, Barack Obama used to kind of feign at it, right? He used to, oh, the media, you guys, and the media loved Barack Obama. Let's not kid each other, right? So it was all a bunch of garbage. This guy, they actually hate his guts, and he's not too fond of them either, so the media has exposed themselves over and over again. So this study comes out and actually New York times came out with it uh, pretty early on a medical journal, major medical journal. I don't even remember the name of it. doesn't matter. Within six hours of this coming out actually came out with an article. And this was the title of the article, how you should think about the Danish study. Think about that for a minute. How you 
should think about the Danish mask study. It's the, they honestly believe it is their job to tell you how to think. In this case, you need to wear them anyway. What, what, how you should conduct your personal behavior. I don't think since, since I've got the, since I've had this clip, since, since the media was actually uh, had a random moment of truth, I guess would be the best way to say it. I think I've ended up playing this clip on every single show since, and this is, it's an old clip at this point, but it is so important for us to always understand, to never forget that they honestly believe, the media believes it is their job to manipulate you, for you to think exactly how they want you to think. How to think about the Danish study. You don't tell people how to think. I mean, not, not in a free country. That's not how this is supposed to work. But anyway, I played this clip every single show since, since it actually happened, live on the air. Uh, there was nothing they could do to get rid of Believe me, if they could have gotten rid of this clip, they absolutely would listen to it one more time. He could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that is, the, that is yeah. our job. That is our job to control what she said it. It, it. it wasn't a slip of the tongue. It wasn't a, oops, I misspoke. They honestly believe this. And this is why. This, it's all part of the ends justifies the means. Because w without that portion of it, without the, without the justification for outright lying to the American people, without that justification, it, it's wrong. Right, and anybody would know that. So you would say, "Well, okay, that's not." Uh, I shouldn't. They honestly believe this. So we always have to take everything in context with that. The fact that they feel totally emboldened, they are going to be even more emboldened now. If this doesn't get overturned, uh, if Joe Biden becomes the president, look out, look out. But what it's going to show the American people, you've got people telling you whether you can have a drink with a friend. Telling you who can be in your home. You have governors doing this. You've got the media here telling you again how you should think about the Danish mask study. You've got the New York Times reinterpreting what the study really says. So there's, don't believe the, the science is garbage. I'll, give me all the information. And the same thing with, with all of you. I know you're the same way. We're intelligent people. We can read. We can read this information. I can read this, and then I can read a contradictory paper on something, and I will make up my mind. I don't need Mika Brzezinski, who, <laughs> come on, you know, the lights are on, but nobody's home. I don't need Mika Brzezinski telling me how to think. In fact, I reject that. So anything, just like the New York Times, if they tell me to do something, I'm doing the opposite. Same thing with Mika Brzezinski, uh, with Rachel Maddow, with any of these people. This is why they had so much hatred for Donald Trump, his Twitter account. Why was every single thing, they dissected every single tweet this guy made for the last actually five years now, right? So every single thing he tweeted out, they put it up on the thing and they break it down and they analyze, why did he say this? Why did, and then they, here's the key part. 
They reinterpret it for you. Eight years, Barack Obama never said anything without prefacing it with, let me be clear, let me be clear. And then what did the media do? They reinterpreted it for you. They told you what he really meant. Even though he said, let me be clear, they would tell you what he really meant. Because, well, maybe this group didn't really like the way that, ooh, did he really mean? They feel it's their job to control what you think. It's not. So don't ever fall for this stuff. You know, obviously one of the disappointing things here and all this has been Fox News, right? So this was kind of the, 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 uh, the oasis. This was kind of the place you could go and say, all right, let's get some sanity here. Let's not have people reinterpret things for me and tell me what things really mean. And unfortunately, there's not much left anymore. For me, I'm down to like a little bit of Fox and Friends in the morning sometimes and some Tucker Carlson once in a while because I think he's I, I think Tucker's doing a great job, and I think his, his days are probably numbered, right? At Fox, let's face it, he doesn't really fit in um, to the mold anymore, if you will, and I guess mold is probably the best word to use there. But here you've got governors telling you exactly what you're allowed to do. Governor Polis in, in the great state of Colorado, L- listen to the just. Listen to how he says it, because it's not even just what he says. Listen to the brazenness, how emboldened this guy is to actually come out and make this statement now. You know, don't drop by your neighbor's house for a drink after work. No dinner parties. Uh, You know, it's just uh, that is one of the venues that this spreads. Now, he's still going to have dinner parties. He's still going to stop by his friend's house for a drink. You're not allowed to because he controls you. And there will be serious consequences if you don't. This, how fitting today that, that we're going to have Sheriff Joropayo on the program because this is a guy who bucks the trends, who bucks the system, who uh, you're not going to tell him whether he can stop by and have a drink with a friend or have a dinner get-together. We've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. These people are telling you what you're allowed to do must be outside it must if you have a singer he must not sing at a volume above they're going to be out in the streets with decibel meters but here's the real problem and this is a society thing the real problem is this is you don't have to worry about because i think most of the the sheriffs around the country have heard a lot of them come out and publicly state it uh policemen you know what a lot of them are going to be at get-togethers and thanksgiving so they're not gonna they're not gonna call everybody into work, and these guys aren't gonna gladly come over to your house and kick your door down, uh, count the number of people sitting around the table, or haul you away to prison, right? The problem is not that. The problem is your neighbor, because your neighbor noticed that you had a Trump sign in your yard. <laughs> so they're gonna be sitting here. They're gonna be calling nine one one, guaranteed. It's the Karen thing, right? They're going to be calling 911 going, yeah, my neighbor over here looks like there's about five cars there. I don't know. Uh, Seems like they got too many people. Mark my words. We're going to hear stories about this. Hopefully we we can have some good clips here. Um, Next week we'll be able to to share some of these 911 calls. But it's all going to come down to politics. If, if If you're a Biden supporter, and your neighbor's a Biden supporter, you don't have to worry about your neighbor, right? 
He's not going to call on you. Hey, that's one of my that's one of my guys, man. That's one of my homies there. But if you had a Trump sign in your yard, or they just suspect that you're a Trump supporter, because what did I say at the beginning of the show? These are very, very angry people. Very angry. And they're only angry at you and me. At anybody who doesn't fit their ideology, that doesn't agree with every single thing that they think. If you're a conservative, you're like, you know, as tough as this has been, right, since the election, as tough as this has been, we're going to get through it. We're going to survive. We're going to go on. We got through eight years of Barack Obama. Uh, You know, we didn't freak out. We didn't lose it. We didn't lose our minds. These people are insane, but they're insane because they're angry. I mean, it's not like they became insane because of Donald Trump. They already were. They just hate. And really, at this point, I think if you're a liberal, hate is all they have left. And it's really sad. But again, this is going to rip families apart because you're going to have, you're going to, okay, if you're a Trump supporter and you're putting together some kind of Thanksgiving, you don't have to worry about just your neighbor. You've got to worry about your actual relatives now, right? Yeah, 911, yeah, my aunt is having a get-together, and uh, <laughs> now they're not going to mention the Trump supporter aspect of it or any of those kind of things. I've already seen it on social media. I've already seen it. Liberals trashing their own family members to total complete strangers who just happen to be also Biden supporters. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating what, what's going on in this country. You know, you remember, you remember, I remember being young, and there was this big thing about self-esteem, right? We've got to build up people's self-esteem, and uh, there's too much bullying going on. Look at the bullying going on today. Okay. What we did was we emboldened these people. So if you were getting picked on for, it doesn't matter, pick a thing, uh, sexual preference or whatever it was, we emboldened people. We started giving away participation trophies. Oh, here, you're so special. Little Johnny is so special. Well, little Johnny heard that his whole life. So when little Johnny grows up and he's 21 years old, little Johnny really believes it. So we've gone from a country where yeah, maybe there were self-esteem issues here and there to a country full of people with way too much self-esteem, right? And they're once again emboldened because they're special. Well, but I'm special. I'm Johnny. I'm very special. So, yeah, I guess that's just my overview of the thing. But, you know, the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy of all of this, uh, Gavin Newsom, we read, uh, we read all those restrictions that he put in place. He released those restrictions, and that night went to a dinner party. Right? You've heard about this. I know you've heard about it. This is no different than the Nancy Pelosi going to the hairstylist and all those kinds of things. These people are hypocrites. It doesn't apply to them. It only applies to you because they want to control you. And you better not try to control them. They will control you. So here's Gavin Newsom. Gets busted, and here's his uh, mea culpa, if you will. That a few-
few weeks ago, uh, I was asked to go to a friend's 50th birthday, uh, my wife and I, a friend that I've known for almost 20 years, and, uh, and a friend that had well, put a lot of time and energy into his 50th birthday. It was in Napa, which was in the orange status, relatively loose mm. compared to some other counties. Uh, it was totally be an outdoor uh, uh, restaurant, and oh, we started the – well, the – program started at 4 o'clock. It was one of those early reservations. I got there a little bit late at 4.30, uh, and as soon as I sat down at uh, the larger table, I realized it was a little larger group uh, than I had no, anticipated, uh, and I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up and walked back, got in my car, and drove back. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's part one. So did, what did you hear in that? Did you actually hear an apology or did you hear justification? I mean, he's known this guy for 20 years. He's telling people that they can't get together with their own family members who have known each other for a lot more than 20 years, unless you're only 20. It, it, that, was, that wasn't an apology. That was a, hey, shut up. Big deal. Did you hear him? It was an outdoor. It was in an Orange County. Orange County, which, you know, hardly any of that doesn't matter. The people in Orange County, you're putting restrictions on them as well. Why are you doing that? You just said it's not that bad of an area. And it's, well, it's an outside restaurant. No, it wasn't. See, the problem for them is technology. Because, oh, here's the pictures. Oh, nope. Yeah, he didn't have a mask on going to the table. Never had a mask on. Nobody had a mask on. And, oh, it wasn't outdoors either. But there were more people there than he anticipated. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't get to have a sit-down dinner with the governor without the governor's people already knowing who's all going to be there. Yeah, you don't just get to show up and surprise, oh, Johnny's here too. Nope, that's not how it works. So the hypocrite continued on with this. Uh, to my house. Instead, I chose to sit there with my wife uh, and a number of other couples mm -hmm. that were outside the household. Now, you can quibble about the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time uh, was contradicted, and i got to own that. And so I want to apologize to you uh, because I need to preach and practice, not just preach and not practice. And I've done my best to do that. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Uh, we've been out, and I think, for three times since. In fact, I know it's been mm -hmm. three times because I remember sure. all of those dinners very, very vividly uh, since mm -hmm. February, just three times, uh, twice with my wife by myself outdoors, and then this one occasion mm -hmm. uh, with a larger group. And there were just a few extra people there uh, than the spirit of what I am promoting. Uh, and so if we're going to minimize mixing, you've got to, you got to own up to that. So uh, I just want folks to know that. Paid for our dinner, uh, and we uh, That's you know, good. We had Thank an early you. dinner, but it didn't matter. Uh, I shouldn't have been there. I should have turned back around. And uh, so when that happens, you got to you pay the price, but you also own the mistake, and you don't ever make it again. And you have my word on that. You got his word on it, which that's really value. His word is worth well, not that much. But anyway, so it was an early dinner. It was in Orange County. It's a couple couples outside the house. You know, so he kept trying to make it about outside. See, the problem is there's an actual picture of it. So anyway, uh, for all you in California that will continue to vote him in office, you've got his word. It'll never happen again. 
Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you could find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on formateer.com, or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, Formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, Formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With Formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously no writing for them no data re-entry for you form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at formateer.com that's formateer.com and here is our newly remodeled hotel business center lobby just drive computer dot matrix printer and modem modem that's right dial up Hello. Need a new way to work when you're on the road? Regis has over 1,100 professional business lounges, access to meeting rooms with video conference studios, private offices you can book by the hour or day, and a mobile app to find Regis locations. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Your mom's got your back. Your friends have your back. Your dog's definitely got your back. But who's got your back when you need legal help? We do. We're LegalZoom. And over the last 10 years, we've helped millions of people protect their families and run their businesses. We have the right people on hand to answer your questions, backed by a trusted network of attorneys. So visit us today for legal help you can count on. LegalZoom. Legal help is here. This is Don Smith from The Don Smith Show. As a conservative talk show host, there is one undeniable truth. Nobody is more uplifting and inspiring than the Democrats. I've always envied them for this. In fact, one could almost say with the new crop that has just come into Congress, they light up our lives. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Maybe we shouldn't be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Is it okay to still have children? I just pity you for your role in history.
victory right now. At least I'm not trying to cage children in the border and inject them with drugs. Hi, this is Chuck Woolery. You're listening to The Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. Welcome back to the show. We've been a great Saturday so far, and it's always my pleasure to have my next guest on, polling expert and editor at peoplespunditdaily.com, Mr. Richard Barris. Rich, welcome back to the show. Hello, my friend. How are you doing this week? Thanks for having me. Well, we're hanging in there. How about you? You know, basically the same, living the dream, always. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's get right into right into this. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff going on. The clock is ticking, Rich, and we really need to, I think, at this point, start to see something that, that we can sink our teeth into as far as evidence, um, something that give us some hope that maybe there's a better outcome so far from where we stand today in the election. What do we know? What is the big news? What are you watching right now? Yeah, so, I mean, the president's press conference, right, or the president's lawyers, they really went two routes, right, Don? I mean, they they, they gave, uh, you know, the media affidavits about uh, what would be known as a more traditional kind of election fraud. They're just alleging it on a larger scale, right? And then the second thing that they discussed, I really think, was uh, a, a, a bit of a distraction, right? And I'm not saying anything about the validity of the allegations or not. I'm simply saying you got to stick with precedent when you have time uh, rolling down the way you just mentioned it is, right? I mean, they are on a clock. So to bring up, I think, uh, something like talking about the Dominion voting systems, something along that line, that takes time to really get your teeth into. And if you're, if you're not going to roll out, you know, specifics, or I understand they're saying this is meant for a court of law, but I mean, it's done. I mean, at this point, you do have public opinion, too, that you have to fight. You have a clock and you have public opinion. And I would it's I'm just saying if it was me, I would stick to the more traditional route, at least first, I guess. You know, I mean, if you I you know, I don't know what they know with that. I'm not looking into that. That's not what we do. It's not my it's not my forte. I'm just saying that there is as there is there are we have precedent with election, you know, with election remedies that they are requesting, and it has to do with your very, um, you know, you know the run-of-the-mill stuff, absentee ballot fraud, signature match, treating voters differently is the more sound argument um, that that I've heard. You know, meaning so take for Georgia, for instance. Now Brian Kemp is talking about. Uh, the audit wasn't really an audit, and we should really consider uh, checking the signatures on the absentee ballots. Well, no kidding. I mean, that was the point of it all. You treated voters differently who voted on Election Day than you did with absentee ballots. Don, we're looking at the uh, rejection rates of absentee ballots in Georgia. 
In Fulton in 2016, the rejection rate was 4.5%. In DeKalb in 2016, it was 5.7%. In Gwinnett, it was 11.4%. Democratic strongholds, it is zero in Fulton County for 2018 and on target to basically be zero for 2020. These are legitimate questions to ask. If you expanded the use of absentee ballot vote by mail, wouldn't you expect those rejection rates to rise, right? So, I mean, there's so much going on just there in that space. I don't know why you take another route and open up. I I just don't know why under the clock. I I really don't. You know, I I guess, Rich, for me, one of the frustrations here is, and, and you and I spoke about it. You've been talking about it for months on this show, the changing yeah. of rules. So it was a COVID-19 was used as a, okay, so we can change the rules in this state because we've got to make it safer and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. So they did all these different things. Wasn't that the time to really go after this, to really challenge these things and say, hey, wait a minute. We had people making decisions to change things that really weren't in a position to do that. And now it's kind of, is it too late to challenge those kind of things? You know, I don't want to say it's too late. Like, if you were a Democrat, would you stop fighting, right? I mean, would you expect Hillary? I mean, it was November 28th, seven days from now, when Hillary Clinton said that Donald Trump's election was a sham, a fraud, it was illegitimate, and that she was joining the Jill Stein recount, right? So they only stopped that recount because it turned up voter irregularities in Wayne County, and uh, it added to Donald Trump's margin. That is the only reason Hillary Clinton pulled out and eventually And she didn't even give up because she went on for four years saying he was illegitimate and the election was stolen. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I mean, I I don't I'm not I don't want to tell them, you know, that I don't want to say it's not you shouldn't fight or you shouldn't challenge these things. And I I do think if you don't stand your ground here, um, you know, it's Trump today and you tomorrow is my message to these people. It really is. It's Trump today and you tomorrow. But you're right. It's very frustrating for someone like me, because not only, Don, had I been talking about this for two months, but now I'm, I'm, I'm like finding myself on a daily basis explaining to people all over again what we spent weeks, six to eight weeks, educating people on who watch the show, which is this is not the same as the absentee ballot voting that you know you have been familiar with. This is very different. COVID was used as a predicate. To, a, to bypass legislatures to basically put a moratorium on voter integrity law. And now they want to close the book and they want to move on while the other side wants you to come up with evidence of fraud immediately, right? So you have the left who wants yep. to debunk everything and tell you there's nothing, and then, you want the, then there's the right who wants you to do something overnight that is simply not possible. When Rona was taking to Twitter going, big win for us, big win for these were not big wins. And as you and I have talked about, you know, publicly and privately, it's not just two votes. It's who counts the votes. So who cares mm-hmm. what a judge says? If the election, if the election officials on the ground don't abide by what the judge orders, right? I mean, this is something yep. they are now just coming to realize, and they're behind the curve. Well, yeah, okay, Rich, let's, and let's talk about Georgia for a minute, just because we had a recount there. Now you've got the same people recounting what they recounted, and, and, and to expect that the, the results were going to come out different. So, yeah, I mean, they found some ballots here and here, and you know, yeah. but not enough to make any real difference. Now we're at a point where they've done a recount, and the, they've certified the results. So this, the our results are officially certified. What does that mean going forward? Does, it, does that mean 
Georgia's done? Does that or does that create a new avenue now to go at it a different way? Or what? Just just thinking Georgia. Where do we stand on that kind of a part of the process anyway? Yeah, so th- I mean, really, they are going through the motions in Georgia. That is a state, actually. We we spoke to a lot of uh, some some new, some brand new, uh, but they're not in in position right now. They will be, but the legislature in Georgia was. I, I was stunned by how slow they kind of moved there. And again, talking about the, you know Dominion and everything like that, there were, there were plenty of legal arguments that others tried to advance. Um, you know, it really needed to be two weeks ago to advance them. Look, you treated uh, voters differently in uh, in Georgia than than you would have in any other election. So, in absentee ballot voting, you did not uh, require the verification procedures that a same day voter needed to do. And then that now we didn't even check for signature matching, right? I just don't understand what took two weeks. It is technically true that you could still go. They certified it, but you could still go. The Trump campaign is going to have to pay for it, but they could still go and ask for a more full audit. And then now we have the, you know, Brian Kemp is, in fact, now he reversed himself, right? Him and his secretary of state were trying to assure the, the voters in Georgia and around the nation that the vote, you know, the integrity of the vote was not compromised. Now, all of a sudden, Brian Kemp reverses himself seven hours ago. No, he feels the pressure. He knows damn well what he was saying was a lie, but he's feeling the pressure. It can, it, it's still, like I said, there still is a path here. And if they go to the Supreme Court with all of these, which I imagine at some point will probably be wrapped up into one, um, then that would be their strongest argument. It's just that they simply took weeks and weeks to do this, Don. And, uh, Al Gore, you know, he had the benefit of a friendly media that the Trump campaign is not going to have. It's just for people who don't understand what I'm saying, uh, that was because people want to talk about machines. But the impact that these votes had is enormous. There were 400 mm-hmm. over uh, 400,000 votes cast in Gwinnett, Don. All right. Uh, vast sums of those being being absentee ballots. Four years ago, 12% of them almost were thrown out because they were in, they were not valid votes. You understand what I'm yep. saying? How many Biden's margin is nothing. Something like a rejection yep. rate like that, even a return to a normal six and a half, seven percent would be it. I mean, this is why I don't understand why they focus so much time on other things that was kind of reinventing the wheel. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Rich. I think that's the stuff they need to be going after because that's the difference maker. You not only have to be able to prove something here, you have to prove that it's big enough that it's actually going to make a difference. And that's I think that's where the it's actually to me, Rich, it's the low hanging fruit. So I don't understand uh, why that hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let me me get into this because you talk. You talk about a friendly media. This is uh, these people have become really emboldened here. I'm and I'm hearing governors all over the country um, just come right out and say, "Don't don't stop by your friends and have a drink." We played that uh, from Polis in Colorado, governor, and they're they're very emboldened. But here's something that happened yesterday or a couple days ago. Uh, I think this actually happened yesterday. So there was some lawmakers, state lawmakers from Michigan, go to meet with President Trump, um, and you had actually the Michigan Attorney General who came out and suggested that maybe maybe anybody who meets with the president or opposes certification or does anything in this process, maybe they should be investigated. Maybe there's some criminal things there and they should be charged with this. This should freak people out. This is not America. I mean, that's the opposite of America. This should freak people out, but people are silent about this. 
Talk, uh, talk a little yeah. bit about that because I think this is really important. What's happening with the suppression of information from our media today? Right. So also too that bullying, Don. Right. So the Michigan lawmakers went met with the White House. Uh, you know where at which um, they were you know giving them their pitch and what happened. The very same names of people who said they don't support Donald Trump anymore, former Republicans like Rick Wilson. I don't support Donald Trump. He's a bully of low character. It takes immediately to Twitter to say, you know, let's make them famous. In other words, let's smear them. Let's uh, dox them. Let's uh, make their kids feel unsafe. Let's ruin their businesses if they meet with the president about potentially selecting delegates because the election, the integrity of the election was compromised in their state. Right. So it really goes to show you. Not just the media, but even figures like that. You know, this was never about uh, character, morality, virtue, or even policy. Right? Traditional conservatism versus Trumpism. This was just always a, it. Would, that was always a fraud. This was about them, their ego, their irrelevance, their power, and of course their pockets. And they are going to be more emboldened as time goes on. It didn't take long at all, Dom, for the first editorial about packing the court, right? And for months and months and months, the media, uh, they took it upon themselves to protect Joe Biden from that question, from other questions, right? And it obviously worked. We see editorials from people like Aaron Brockovich. Are you kidding me, Joe? Appointing the people around him that he appointed. I mean, are you, you should have asked yourself, are you kidding yourselves? How could you be kidding yourselves? Find other news outlets. CNN, MSNBC should not be spoon-feeding you this kind of information. You're not intelligent enough to figure this stuff out by yourself. You can't Google OpenSecrets.org and go and see who funded the man's campaign. Now you're surprised by the people he has around him? I mean, this is there yep. was look, Joe Biden had a four decade year history of being K Street's best friend. He was not going to stop now. If you thought Hillary Clinton was bad with three to one advantage from Wall Street and hedge funds, it was six to one for Joe Biden. So they're going to feel very emboldened. The media is going to help them and uh, help them because they feel like, you know, this is a win this is a win for them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. He is K Street. So let's talk about this. What do you got coming up here? What What are you going to be focusing on? There's so much going on here. Uh, obviously, we're kind of being a little reactionary here. What are you focusing on on Inside the Numbers this coming week? Right. So we just started the process of highlighting the worst pollsters of 2020. And of course, they're the same repeat offenders we've been talking about for years. But now, uh, I'm just not going to let it go. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really, mm-hmm. and we're going to start highlighting them specifically, you know, last week on at the end of the week, I accused Quinnipiac of, uh, you know, basically fraudulent data sets. I strongly suspect that they use the same data set for two polls in Ohio. Uh, we're just not going to let this go because you know what happens if you can't call an election, Don, if you can't accurately poll vote preference, right? Who are you going to vote for? Then you damn sure can't poll policy preferences. You damn sure can't poll how the American public feels about this election and the integrity of it, right? So we're going to just keep hammering away at these people. And then I personally want to know because of the, because of the investigation that we've been doing, which is still ongoing. I personally want to know about people's opinions uh, and trust in this election, which is a question we asked for two months leading up to it in various states. So we're going to crowdfund some polling to find out ourselves. You're already seeing Reuters. They have no shame 
They couldn't call a single state correctly this cycle. They have no shame, and they're just going to roll with the narrative. And I want to know for myself. I want data that I can trust, and I think other people deserve that too. Yep, I couldn't agree more, my friend. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting. Uh, this isn't over yet. Uh, again, the clock is ticking, and the time's you know drawing near. But um, I'm going to keep fighting on this end as well. So keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Always great to have you on. Look forward to talking to you again next week. You too. All the best, my friend. All the best. All right. Thanks. Yeah, Richard Barris, editor of peoplespunditdaily.com. Check it out today if you're not already going there. It, this is, yeah, I mean, it, it's go time, folks. This, this is the time that we've got to kind of buckle up, but we've also got to be prepared. I mean, this is this obviously so far to this point has been a huge, huge letdown. I'm having a hard time dealing with it. I know probably a lot of you are as well, but we will not be who they are. We will not freak out. We will not start talking about Russian conspiracies or uh, run huge investigations costing millions of dollars. Um, these are people telling us today that we've got to accept it. We should accept it, and we should move on. Four years these people didn't accept it. They didn't accept a damn thing. So, yeah, kind of shut up, and uh, we'll do what we do. And one thing's for certain, we will not act the same way you will. Biggest difference, left and right, right now. I don't hate people. If you're listening to this show right now, if I run into you on the street and you voted for Joe Biden, you tell me you voted for Joe Biden, that's not a reason to hate. I don't hate you for that. I've never hated somebody for thinking differently than me. I've never hated somebody for voting differently than me. That's the big difference between the left and the right. We have to remember that they do hate us just simply for supporting who we supported. Right? Because automatically that makes you a bad person. Uh, you're, you're drawn into this thing. That's, again, uh, how timely to have Sheriff Joe Arpaio, because I know how Joe, Sheriff Joe Arpaio would react to those people. Um, I would think those things, he would actually say them. So when I think of everything going on with political correctness and all this stuff, um, he's like the, the antidote to that, right? And, and so, yeah, it would be great to talk to him here coming up in just a few minutes. So all this stuff. These people are going to become more and more emboldened. But here is the reality of it. If it goes this way, if there is no reversal right now, I, don't, I, just, I just don't see that. If it goes this way, and it is what it is, the civil war that we kept hearing about, right? There was going to be this big civil war if President Trump won re-election. The civil war is them. It's within their party. You've already got Bernie Sanders coming out, and he's not real happy with who they're picking. He wants to see. He wants the head seat at the table. He doesn't just want a seat at the table. AOC doesn't just want a seat at the table. She wants the head seat at the table. So that is going to be the real war. The guys like Joe Manchin, who I'm trying to think of a whole bunch of uh, blue dogs that have survived the the expunging of blue dogs within their own party. But that is going to be the civil war. That guy is in for in for a rough four years if things stay the way they are now. So hopefully they don't. But if they do, that's where we're at. So it is time for our weekly Vets in the Fight series, brought to us by our friends at Special Operations Speaks, Vets in the Fight. Then we'll do a commercial, and then we will be back with Sheriff Joe Arpaio live. Hello, all you Vets in the Fight. This is David Miller with your weekly Special Operations Speaks, Vets in the Fight, SITREP. We had this SITREP pretty well in the can Thursday. Then the Trump legal team appeared on Fox News. If we had to point to a single group of people 
who hold the future of our republic in their hands, it's this one. Led by Rudy Giuliani, the team consists of Jenna Ellis, Trump's legal advisor, former prosecutors Joe DiGenova and his wife Victoria Tensick, and fiery former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell. It is axiomatic to say you should never give a lawyer a microphone and a TV camera, but this time they flooded the airways with allegations of communist-developed Dominion voting malware, as well as the ostensibly CIA-controlled hammer and scorecard bots, both used to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump and Mike Pence to the totalitarian Biden-Harris ticket. The Trump team took turns laying out the general parameters of their case, to lend weight to the probability of widespread fraud with Marxists, Maoists, and Muslims in and out of government employing every illegal trick in the book to complete a coup d'etat in order to nullify your vote and our votes to elect Donald Trump for another four years in office. Freewheeling as the presser might have been, it gave a much-needed morale boost to the 70 million-plus Americans who cast their ballots for Trump. The sight of five true Americans who stand to lose everything if their case does not satisfy an increasingly feckless court system, gave hope to many who have gone into a state of static bewilderment. The presser punched through the near-universal media theme that Trump has finished and that resistance is futile, with Joe Biden coronated as president for life, as short as that might be in his part of the political world. The so-called press is now at satanic fever pitch to try and defeat your morale and your trust in our constitutional system. Along these lines, a schizophrenic Fox News disappoints American patriots to the core. The majority of the talking heads at Fox now bow deeply to the Marxists and are now nothing more than propaganda leaders. Summer soldiers and sunshine patriots come to mind. So what should we do down home? We each live in a microcosm of what is taking place at a national level. Here in North Carolina, at county level, we swept the field, replacing five leftist judges with American jurists. Election of Chief Justice eh, right now is up for recount. We replaced three of the leftists on the County Board of Education. At state level, we elected the first black vet in the fight to North Carolina Office of Lieutenant Governor. Lieutenant Governor-elect Mark Robinson rocked the world with his I am the majority speech in Greensboro two years ago. Go look it up on YouTube. So the down ballot reflected our majority rejection of the Democrat communist agenda. The gubernatorial race was a different case with possible indications of the Dominion voting software doing its job of flipping votes to the stiff-necked incumbent Roy Cooper whose weaponizing of the Chinese COVID virus shutdown has seen at least 19,000 small businesses close or go out of business in North Carolina since April of this year. We hope a recount here turns that election around too. Closer to your home, we continue to recommend organizing in five family groups to set up mutual support units for moments of crisis ranging from severe weather to the night of the walking dead Democrats. Five families is a reasonable span of communication with enough members to cover the fundamentals of food management, clean water, general sanitation, and security. Coalescing with other five family groups for larger efforts is certainly facilitated. 
That also applies to when you need to pull together some citizen horsepower when your city council, county board of education, or your state rep is about to make stupid decisions that cost you money or liberty. Think strong family groups. Past week, the COVID mafia in D.C. decided that our national cemeteries would be closed from now through the new year, squelching plans to place wreaths across America at every military grave for Christmas. President Trump up to his elbows in election fraud alligators, but recognizing a dumb idea when he sees one, immediately rescinded the order. More next time. This is David Miller for Special Operations Speaks and Vets in a Fight Everywhere. Keep your potter dry and your hatchet scoured. If we take a knee and bow to anyone, let it be to God Almighty and never to man that he may keep and bless our exceptional republic. Deo presso liber. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you could find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at Formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on Formateer.com. Or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, Formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, Formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With Formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information, or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously. No writing for them, no data reentry for you. Form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at Formateer.com. That's Formateer.com. Is it time to expand and open offices in Sao Paulo and London? A long-term lease will be like a short, tight noose. And furnishing those will be as much fun as a tax audit. You guys always give me such great negative feedback. Fear and doubt holding you back? Now there's a new way to work to minimize risk. With Regis, you get fully equipped offices without a long-term lease, a receptionist, conference rooms, and over 1,100 locations around the world. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to except give you grief for being a conservative? you got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at TeaPartyCommunity.com. 
Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Are you among the 64% of Americans who believe our country is going in the wrong direction? If yes, then eVoiceAmerica.com is the political take action site we've all been waiting for. And it's really free. eVoiceAmerica provides your personal list of elected reps every time you log on. This makes it so easy to email your opinions and eVotes on top issues directly to each of our DC elected representatives. eVoice then publishes our eVote majority percentages on top issues to each member of Congress and the media. Now, for the first time in history, we can know what millions of American citizens are telling Congress. No more gridlock. Join the new American majority using eVoiceAmerica.com, putting Americans in control of Congress. Visit eVoiceAmerica.com today. It's free and easy to use. That's eVoiceAmerica.com. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. I'm on the Don Smith Radio Show, where it's okay to be a real conservative. Well, it's a real honor to have my next guest on the program. Uh, amazing guy. I've followed his career again. We've talked about the political correctness in society today, and this guy is the antithesis of that. He has uh, always stood up and just said what he truly believes, and I have a lot of respect for that. He's got a great new book called The Fascinating and Untold True Life Story of America's Most Beloved Crime Fighter, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, an American legend. Uh, just got it last night, so I am in the middle of it right now and uh, really enjoying it so far. So a real pleasure. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, welcome to the Don Smith Show. Well, thank you, Don. Thanks for your support and nice comments. Well, you know, you've been a real inspiration to me, and I just want to say that because, again, I think I think what's going on in our society today with political correctness is um, is really destroying things, and I always appreciated your boldness and your willingness to stand up. What are your thoughts with, with where we've come? I mean, uh, you've had a long, amazing life so far, and you've seen things change. What are your thoughts about political correctness today and the dangers of it? Well, you know, I lived through, what, 55 years in law enforcement uh, with the federal government all over the world, and sure, for 24 years, what brought me into the arena of politics because you run for sheriff. It's a political office. Uh, so for 24 years as sheriff, I've seen a lot. I've uh, endorsed uh, presidents. I've uh, Governors, they seem to come to me all the time because of my so-called popularity. But I think changes now. Things are changing in the political field. When they say blame all the Democrats, maybe we should blame some Republicans that have gone south on the president for political or other reasons. So they don't seem to stick stick together anymore, and that's sad. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So we're going to ask you this. I want to get into the book here, but let me, I got to ask you this because everything that's going on right now with the election and um, just uh, the, the legal challenges that are taking place, what are your thoughts as you're watching all this take place since election day? I mean, I think we all knew that we were going to be in for uh, somewhat of a drawn out uh, scenario here, but what are your thoughts as you watch all this? Well, you know, about the fraud and so on and the voting, uh, I can't uh, dismiss that. Uh, you know, I ran in 2016 when I got beat uh, uh, in the general election with George Soros pumped in $3 million, and the federal judge uh, hated me, uh, and Obama said they're going to charge me with a contempt of court the day before voting started. Uh, but I was always suspicious uh, when I lost mm-hmm. that to the Democrat because they pumped in uh, – Millions of dollars. They brought people in, including the mayor of Los Angeles, brought him in wearing his shirt, arrest our pile. So a lot of Hispanics ganged up on me. So I don't know. I can't prove it. Even this time around when I ran for office a couple of months ago to try to get my office back, I lost by 1% of the primary. But, you know, I look at the voting. What happened? So I'm not going to dismiss that. A hundred percent. I didn't look into it like I looked into the birth certificate of Obama that shows you I'm not afraid to look into investigations and prove I'm right. But this one, I uh, I just didn't get involved. In. I, I uh, you know, I always said in my book that uh, President Trump is my hero. Never had a hero. Took me 80 years. Uh, so I know what he's going through. I was with him from day yep. one, July 15, when I introduced him. Nobody else would get on to introduce him. So I know what he's going through. I know how he feels. Yeah. He worked hard to get reelected, and look what they're doing to him. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because and that's something that's in your book, and, and everybody's got to check this out. I'm loving it so far. So let's talk about this, because you and President Trump have something absolutely 100% in common, and that is the media and the treatment that, that you both received. Uh, prior to President Trump, I had never seen anything like it when I watched how they treated you and how they tried to destroy your, your character, your credibility. For crying out loud, you're a Korean War veteran. You served this country. You were doing the right thing in Maricopa County. Talk a little bit about that, because I think the media is an incredibly destructive force today. It's, it's the reason I do this show today, is because I, I have a capability to do it. Technology has brought us to a point where somebody like me can just can do this, and I don't need any permission or approval from anybody. But talk a little bit about that, because that must have been really hard, not just on you, but on your family, uh, to go through that to every day, hear this, you're a racist, you're the, you know, the, just the same things that they say about everything. But you and President Trump uh, two of the most uh, attempt to destroy somebody that I've ever seen by the media. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting. They call me a publicity hound. When I ran for office, I said uh, I'm going to have an open-door policy. I did. and let the media into the tent city. I don't care. They can do whatever they want. So I got thousands and thousands of interviews, but just recently, at least for the last eight years, boy, they zeroed in on me, and I believe it's because of the birth certificate and my crackdown on illegal immigration. But I handle it. Right now, it works the other way. I'm irrelevant. They don't even want to talk about me. They don't want to talk about the book locally or anything. When I ran for office, they uh, even forgot who was running. So, you know, they work both ways. But I survived with them. I sued them. I sued the New York Times and uh, Como and uh, a couple others. Uh, I sued uh, the other th- others 
Cuomo and all that, call me a convicted felon. I'm not a convicted mm-hmm. felon. It's a little misdemeanor contempt of court, same as a barking dog, and they get away with it. They get away with it. So, yeah, I've been fighting the media. I've been a Fox guy for 24 years. Quite frankly, they mm-hmm. cut me off the last year, year yep. and a half. They, they don't know my name anymore, and I know the reason why. So isn't that sad? So they're, 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 they're biased everywhere. So thank God for you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, where you can go and call it like it is. Well, well, thank you for that. I really, truly appreciate that. You know, and one of the biggest things that I saw, the attacks against you, and um, you really infuriated them because you understood that there's a thing called legal immigration and illegal immigration. And this is something they try to blur the lines on. And it's, but I think the media, obviously it's a full blown effort by them, but I want to talk about this because what you did was, was just awesome. And and it was a, that's, you know, that's a part of the inspiration that I talked about in the introduction here, but I want to talk about this because I think a lot of people don't understand this and it's been so uh, misinterpreted and misrepresented. And you talked about it. You let the media come into the tent cities. Where did you, how did you come about, having that, forming that. I thought that was just, I thought it was brilliant personally, uh, but talk a little bit about the tent cities and, and the motivation behind that. Well, listen, I don't have all these degrees, uh, you know, master's degrees in criminal justice. I came up the hard way. I, I, after the army, I became a cop in DC, walked a black beat for four years, tough beat, a lot of assaults on me, but I've always been a bureaucrat. Always had to report to someone until I ran for sheriff, and I only report to the people. And uh, I got into the political arena, and also I had a lot of press when I was uh, head of the federal drug enforcement in uh, many areas. But this was different. This is sort of a political type situation too. But I know I learned how to deal with the media as a sheriff right from day one. I put up Ten City. I said I was going to do it when I ran. And I got a little heat, but why do four presidential candidates visit my tents and say it's the greatest program? I let the media in, Amnesty International, ACU, they all came in. It was hot, okay? And it wasn't a Hilton Hotel, but our men and women were are fighting for our country. They're living in tents. All these guys in the tents, over a half a million came through the tents, and I have other jails too. I never had any big problems. So uh, that was a great program. Of course, it's gone. Everything's gone now, my chain gangs and everything. So, uh, But I did it to uh, send a message out. It wasn't to be mean. I did it to make it tough. And to this day, I get families that call me, even people serve time in jail in the tents, and they thank me because I had a lot of good programs, rehabilitation. But you don't think the media would do that. All they did was criticize me. But that's okay. You yeah. know what? I'm glad they criticized me. At least I got some media attention, and that's important, too. <laughs> so I have a different – and I think the president, and I know him very well, is like me. You know, he doesn't really yep. uh, hate the media. He doesn't like how they treat him, and I don't like how they treat me. you got to at least be yep. a little fair. And so, uh, yeah. But he knows how to handle the media, and I know how to handle the media. 
That is for sure. You both definitely know how to handle the media. So let's, I, one of the things that I'm learning that I learned already in, in the book, and I know I'm going to learn a whole lot more here, I had no idea that you were a special agent with the Bureau of Narcotics and that you had an involvement in the infamous arrest with the French Connection. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, because uh, you know, I, I got sworn in. Uh, uh, it's going to be uh, 1957. It's about today I got sworn in as a federal agent after I left Vegas when I was a cop for a short time. Uh, and I uh, did a good job undercover, and they sent me to Turkey, and that's where I started locking up all the uh, opium, heroin, just me. They, wouldn't, they just sent one guy, an agent, me, over there. And that was the beginning of the French connection. And then uh, 10 years later, I'm regional director in Mexico, South America, and so on. And I located the top guy, Record. They all moved to uh, South South America, uh, the Eat in Marseille. And I located him. And the ambassador tried to tell me I can't operate in his uh, country, the U.S. ambassador, that is. I called Dick Quinney's attorney general at the time. He told an ambassador to get off my butt, and then we transported the guy at midnight uh, to the U.S. to stand trial. So I was on both ends of the French connection, where it started and uh, where it ended. So I put that in the book, and uh, some people say it was New York that broke the connection. Yeah, they they made a couple, few cases, according to the movie, but I started this thing from the beginning and to the end. I'm not trying to take credit, but sometimes uh, it was an interesting story. I put it in the book. Very exciting story. Yeah, absolutely is. Okay, we started the interview. We were talking about the changes in society and what you've seen over the course of your career and your life. What about that? Because obviously this is something you're also passionate about. You you obviously understand, or well, let me not put words in your mouth. I believe that uh, drug use is really bad. I think it destroys societies. It destroys families. It destroys lives. What do you think about what we're seeing today? I mean, we used to have the big war on drugs, and you, I mean, you, you were actively involved in that. Now we see states legalizing even hard drugs in Oregon. Now opium is legal and heroin, and as long as there's small portions and all these kinds of things, what are your thoughts about our society and the future of it when you see this shift away from a war on drugs? We've declared it over, we've stopped it, and now that we're actually legalizing it in some of these states. Well, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I spent my... <clears throat> excuse me, it must be the weather here. I spent uh, my whole life fighting as drugs for, uh, mm-hmm. around the world, 55 years. And uh, I, I'm not amused, but year after year, it's always... Lock up the dope peddlers, rehabilitation, education. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But we still have a drug problem. Don't forget, I started in 56, and I've been fighting it ever since, all over the world. It's still there. And now the, the president is trying to do the best he can uh, to enhance that wall, and everybody says we need the wall because of illegal immigration. Wait a minute. Why don't they talk about drugs? Nobody cares about all the drugs coming across the border. So nothing happens. Same way with illegal immigration. All they do is talk, talk, talk. They never pass review laws. They don't do anything. And here we are today, today, where marijuana was just legalized in this state, and it's being legalized everywhere. Here's a guy, me, 
And I always I, I had a lot of gun battles, but I never came as close as this one in Washington, D.C., when they took me out to Vienna, Virginia, two guys, and they ripped me off. They tried to, and then they shot at me nine times. And fortunately, I survived. I wasn't hit, but I fired back. I, that's a long story. But anyway, guess what? Both of those guys were high on marijuana. So, you know, not only did I enforce the laws, I lived the laws. I did a lot of undercover work, associated with all these dope peddlers and junkies. Oh, I shouldn't use that word. Not junkies, <laughs> you know. In fact, I can't even say addicts anymore. I don't know what you call them these days. Drug users, okay? Yeah. So uh, I oh. lived it. And here I am today, in my waning years, left. I got defeated in law enforcement as sheriff, and now I'm seeing all this happen. I mean, this is the this is the bottom line. This is it. When you start legalizing all those years, years and years, cops risking their lives, getting shot, getting everything, getting killed because of the drug problem, and now yeah. did we surrender? Is that what the story is? That the greatest country in the universe? now surrendered and gave in and legalized it? I don't know if that's one of the reasons. Who knows? Yeah, well, that is sad but true, and absolutely I see it as a surrender as well. The book is the fascinating and untold true life story of America's most beloved crime fighter, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, an American legend. Uh, Sheriff, thank you so much for your time today. Where is the best place for... Yeah, Amazon, but don't forget Ted Nugent and uh, forward that book. He's a friend of mine, and uh, yep. David Thomas Roberts was a publisher. So I got some good people that said some nice things about me in the book. They did, yeah. We love Ted Nugent, and he's a friend of the show as well. So where is the best place? I know you're going to keep fighting. I just know you are. Yeah, it's your probably makeup. right now it's Amazon to get the so book, is, Amazon. It, do you have a website where people can keep up with you or just? Yeah, I got uh, Sheriff uh, Joe Arpaio, Joe, Joe M. Arpaio at gmail.com. I have a Facebook. I got a million followers, Twitter, Instagram. So, boy, just get to my Facebook and you'll see what I do every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Sheriff, thank you so much for your time today. It was a real honor to to talk with you and have a great weekend, and, and I hope to do this again sometime. Oh, anytime, Don. Thank you. All right. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, check it out. This book is amazing. I've already learned so many things about him, and I've got so much more to read. So really looking forward to this book. Highly recommend you check it out. The fascinating and untold true life story of America's most beloved crime fighter, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, an American legend, and he certainly is. You know, we talk about this. We talk about the media a lot on the show. We talk about what's going on with society. We talk about all these different things that I think are truly important to understand. I think with where we're going with society right now, I, I don't see this ending well. I hope it does. I mean, I'm always a very hopeful person, but I see us going down a really, really bad path. I see the governors who are becoming more emboldened with all this stuff. Uh, if if the Biden thing holds up, it's going to get worse, folks. But again, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a civil war within their party. 
They've already tried to get rid of all the blue dog Democrats. There's very few left. In fact, the only one I can really think of that even fits that description anymore is Joe Manchin. Uh, he's going to have a rough four years if this thing goes uh, as it looks today. Uh, hopefully, again, the clock is ticking. Um, hopefully this week we've got something that's put out there that can actually make some kind of difference and kind of revitalize my hope anyway that something can be done. But just look what's going on. You've got people like Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, who is considered somehow a hero throughout COVID-19 for his leadership. He is going to be presented with an award for his leadership. The most deaths by far of any state in this country. I'm in Florida here. We have more people in Florida than they have in New York. We have obviously a much more vulnerable population, as they do in the great state of Arizona as well. Um, big big uh, groups of the most vulnerable, right, within our society. Here's Governor Cuomo. He's getting an award for his leadership, not just for his leadership, for his effective communication skills. We, all, we watch those press conferences. We hear what he says. We hear how he talks to people. He's getting an award for how he communicates with people. Here's a reporter in New York who's not a, this isn't Fox News, this isn't any of this stuff. Here is a reporter in New York in an exchange two days before he's announced that he's getting this award. Here's an exchange he had with a local New York reporter. So what are you talking about? How, what are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already. That's the law, an orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm so confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Still, parents are still confused as well. The school oh, they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are confused as well. Read the law, and you won't be confused. There you go. That is worthy of an award, the way he talks to people, the arrogance. But again, just like with Gavin Newsom in California, they will continue to elect this guy. They will continue to give him awards. Yet somebody like Governor DeSantis, uh, he's hashtag death DeSantis, right? We've actually done pretty good here in Florida. I mean, this is, this is impacting everybody across the country. In fact, everybody across the world, thanks China. But we're doing okay here. But apparently, Governor DeSantis, really bad. Uh, certainly, he's not going to win any awards. But Governor Cuomo, with 35,000 deaths in the state of New York, is getting an award. He's written a book. He's making money off of his effective leadership. No, he's been horrible. He's been as bad as anybody can be. And uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Janice Dean on the program, who, if you hadn't heard about her story, um, she, was, she got caught up in this with her family. She lost her in-laws, both of them, because of Governor Andrew Cuomo. So uh, obviously, she has some pretty strong opinions about it. So looking forward to talking to her next week, giving her a chance to share her story with you all and, um, and just see it. What is it. I can't even imagine the frustration, if you're someone like Janice Dean or, or any of the thousands of people who lost loved ones due to being sent back to nursing homes, all Governor Cuomo, and they're giving him an award. We've always known. We've always known that Hollywood is locked in with the, with the liberals and uh, the Democrat Party, but they've, always, they've never actually brought him on stage and given him an award. 
So I guess, you know, you might as well go all in because it's not like it's a mystery to anybody or it's not like anybody doesn't understand exactly where Hollywood stands and all this stuff. But um, apparently now they're going to be pulling them out on stage and giving them awards. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, whatever the case is, I do, a couple of weeks ago I talked with Rich Barris and we were, we were talking about how important it is that people have faith in the election process. Well, that's pretty much shattered. And, and let's, be, let's be honest about it. Even if something comes out this week, we get some actual hard evidence, um, we get something that gives us some hope that, hey, this thing can be turned over, and then it is overturned, it is changed, that's going to also be bad. So no matter what right now, we're in a no-win situation, at least when it comes to people having faith and confidence in the, in the America's election process. And I think, I think going forward, what I'm really worried about is that these mail-in ballots and all these kind of things are just going to become the norm. And I think a lot of people are really worried about that. And we'll see how this goes. Uh, Looking forward to hearing some, you know, some actual data, some actual news that we can use. But never forget, because the media is never going to let you or me forget that we supported Donald Trump. They're going to... Some of these people, I wonder where they're going to go from here, right? I mean, you look at somebody like that Trevor Noah or whatever. Have you seen those commercials? And uh, boy, who who watches that? I don't know. But where are they going to go? I mean, their whole life revolves around Orange Man Bad. So what does the media do? Um, I think they at least won't be able to be 24-7 with it. I mean, I guess that's one thing we can take away from it. But they are never going to let us forget that we supported somebody that they absolutely hated. Now, Christine Amapur of CNN has apologized for this, but we are going to hear more of this uh, for the next four years, no matter what happens, uh, just garbage like this. This week, 82 years ago, Kristallnacht happened. It was the Nazis' warning shot across the bow of our human civilization that led to genocide against a whole identity, and in that tower of burning books, it led to an attack on fact, knowledge, history, and truth. After four years of a modern-day assault on those same values by Donald Trump, the Biden-Harris team pledges a return to norm. So, so no different than Governor Newsom. Um, he apologized for getting caught, right? He apologized for, oh, okay, maybe, maybe that offended people. But Christine Amanpour, she completely believes what she said there. So she can apologize all she wants, but she's just really... Apologizing for getting called out, right? Gavin Newsom, he, he doesn't apologize without somebody snapping that picture and showing him. Even then, he continues in his apology to lie. Why? Because that's what they do. And they hate. That's just the bottom line they do. I want to thank my guest, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. That was awesome. Uh, always great to have Richard Barris on the program. More importantly, thanks to you. Be back here next Saturday at noon Eastern time for a brand new Don Smith show. Fight the good fight, everybody!